Good morning. I'm so glad you could be with me today in the Unfolding the Word ministry as we continue working our way through the book of Romans verse by verse. Today we're in the first chapter and we've begun looking at a section, verses 18 to 23, introducing us to the reality of man's sin and separation from God. I want to pick up our reading there today and read verses 18 to 20 of that passage. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world, in the things that have been made. And so they are without excuse. We've been talking about the fact that the gospel introduces us to a solution to an unsolvable problem. And that unsolvable problem is our sin, which separates us from God. The fact of the matter is, the scripture presents to us that all are sinners. And as a result, all are lost and separated from God. And the consequence of that is that people left to themselves are without hope, apart from God doing something to change their condition. The God who is really there in his love has offered us the gospel, that message, that solution rooted in the sending of his son into this world. The God of love who did this is also a God of justice and holiness and righteousness. And therefore, sin has accountability before a God like that. He can't stop being just or holy because he's also loving. And the gospel is the solution that satisfies all of the very nature of God as the scripture reveals, reveals God to us. Yesterday, as we were unfolding more of verse 18, we were talking about the sin of mankind, why it is that we are accountable before God. And we said two of the reasons is that, uh, first of all, our ungodliness, and then secondly, our unrighteousness. The ungodliness translates a Greek word meaning irreverence, means all of us ultimately are accountable for being irreverent toward the God who's created the universe and created us. To be irreverent is to not respond to him properly. So what's the right way to respond? Well, we've talked about the greatest of the commandments, to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. Anything less than that is to be irreverent. Anything less than that, therefore, is to be ungodly. <laughs> and all of us sin and are accountable before God because none of us keeps the first commandment with the kind of comprehensiveness that would enable any of us to stand before God with our heads held high. Secondly, he says, we are all accountable before God because of ungodliness. Not only have we are we irreverent in not keeping that first and greatest of the commandments, but all of us also have made choices in our life to break God's moral standards, both what he has written in our heart and written in his word. So we are all accountable, all are sinners, 
because of ungodliness and unrighteousness. We ended yesterday by beginning to look at the third aspect of our accountability before God. We are accountable because we work to suppress the truth about God. We turn away from what we know to be true about him. We go our way instead of his way. And worse, we try to turn other people away from that God who is really there that we are seeking to suppress. Well, let's build on that a bit more here as we move forward in this study. He says, in their unrighteousness, they suppress the truth. Verse 19, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. The Bible says that God's existence is plain to every person. Everyone has, therefore, an intuitive sense that God is really there because God created it in them. God plants it in them. God, as it puts it here in verse 19, has shown it to them. God has created all men and women with an intuitive sense that he's there. That's why, by the way, Psalm 14.1 says, Only a fool says in his heart there is no God. Why? Because only a fool goes against what they know intuitively. We know intuitively from our earliest recollections that God is really there. I don't have to convince anybody God's there. God's already done that. I need to tell them about the God who is really there, of course, and share what God has revealed in his scriptures. But God's built into them in intuitive sense. But many are fools and deny what they know to be true within their own hearts, at least before other people, and at times in deception, even to themselves. God has built what can be known about them, about him, into their heart. But verse 20 tells us he's done yet another way, another thing, to show it to them, his presence and his reality. It says he has done it through creation. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. And so they are without excuse. (laughs) Not only has God in his mercy and love built into us, created in every man and woman an intuitive sense that he is there, but he has also given evidence within creation itself. And the result of that is therefore people have no excuse before God. I was thinking how Psalm 19 puts this. Listen to these verses 3 and 4 of Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiworks. Day to day it pours out its speech, and night to night it reveals knowledge. There's no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out throughout all of the earth, and their words to the very end of the world. God is built intuitively into each person, created within them an awareness of his presence. He's also built into creation in an inescapable manner. Everyone sees it. The same truth of his presence and his reality. Creation, in other words, argues loudly for the fact of a creator. Some of his invisible attributes are actually visible within the framework of his creative activity 
in making the world that we find ourselves. The bottom line is that the truth that God is really there, the truth that he is there and, he, and before whom we have accountability, it's clearly perceived, is the terminology used here, <clears throat> clearly perceived by all people. And yet, even with clear perception, people in sinful rebellion against God actively work to suppress what could be and is clearly perceived. What, a, what an irony, actively suppressing what God has actively made plain. They suppress it. And God says, for that reason, they are without excuse. That's the reason we are properly the objects of God's wrath. God builds intuitively into the heart of men and women an awareness that he's really there. He has written it on their hearts. But they reject that. They act the fool, as Psalm 14.1 puts it, and deny that there's a God who is really there. And God has also acted to make the reality of his existence and presence clear in the creation itself, in nature. By the way, I believe, we'll conclude with this today, I believe that's why creation is always such an issue. I believe it's why sinful mankind desperately works to argue for a natural world with an impersonal beginning. It's not a question of being logical. It's not a question of being scientific. These are presuppositional issues with mankind. They desire to remove accountability before a personal God. A creator implies accountability. They don't want accountability, and they will desperately work to try to conceptualize the world in which we find ourselves in some way different from an act of the creator God who is really there. And so don't get caught up in the, quote, legitimacy of a scientific argument. There's no legitimate scientific argument against God's reality or God's creative activity. It's a presuppositional argument that mankind holds. What's the bottom line? Accountability. <laughs> they are without excuse. Now join me tomorrow as we move forward in verses 21 and 23 and examine some of the strategy of rejection that is being worked out in sinful human beings, men and women, so that we understand even more fully why the gospel is needed. Join me then, won't you? God bless. <music>